Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. Today we're looking at an exciting passage because we're going to see the value of digging a little deeper into God's Word. And what sometimes something on the surface might appear to say something, you dig a little deeper and you realize there's a profound truth here you did not recognize. That was true of me on this passage. And as we've been talking last week, and we're going to continue a bit this week, about the deity of Christ, we want to look at a section that people have used to actually challenge the deity of Christ and see what it really is saying. All right? Good passage, so let's get right to it. We're in, in Mark chapter 10 this morning, and we want to start right here with verse, excuse me, with verse 17. This is the story of the rich young ruler. Let's read it. As he, Jesus, was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. All right, let that sit for just a minute. A lot of people think Jesus was saying right there, Wait, 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 wait a minute. You're calling me good? There's no one good except God alone. And some people would say he's in saying there that he's not, he's not God and he's not good. Well, let's go on and keep reading here. Jesus says to the man, you know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Now, this is kind of an interesting thing, too, because we believe that, G- that, that we're saved not by keeping the law, but by the grace of God, the, the gift of Jesus Christ, uh, the gift of salvation that Jesus secured for us while dying upon the cross, shedding his blood for our sins. And here he didn't tell them to believe in him. Throughout much of the New Testament, he does. He says, believe in me, come to me, follow me. But here he preaches the law. This guy says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus gives him a bunch of commandments to keep. What's going on here? This passage seems kind of different, doesn't it? Why does he say that? Why doesn't he say, just believe in me? Have faith in me. Your faith will make you well. Your faith will forgive your sins. The conversation continues. The man said to Jesus, Teacher, I have kept all these things from my youth up. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But at these words he was saddened, for he was, and he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property." Now, there's a lot in here that we should unpack from this section, and it's, it's, it's very, very rich. What's going on here? Number one, I think we've got to realize that this guy that came up to Jesus, the story of the rich young ruler, we read in, in um, it's either Matthew or Luke that he was young and that he was a ruler, and here we see he owned much property. And so there's a lot of things we've got to learn about him. Number one, He kind of appeared to be self-righteous, didn't he? Jesus gave him a list of the commandments. He said, okay, I've done all that. Is that what I need to do to have eternal life? I've kept all the law. I'm a good person. I've done everything right. That was his big problem. 
Number two, I don't know if you read carefully, but there's one of the commandments that Jesus leaves out. Now, of the Ten Commandments, he, he leaves out all four of the ones that begin with your relationship with God. No other gods, no idols, don't take God's name in vain, honor the Sabbath day. <clears throat> but of commandments that, re, that relate to how we are to interact with other people, he, he gave us basically, if you go back here, he gave us don't murder, that's Sixth Commandment. Don't commit adultery, that's Seventh. Don't steal, that's the Eighth. Don't bear false witness, that's the ninth. He adds in don't defraud, which I think was an important one. But the tenth commandment Jesus doesn't mention. What is the tenth commandment? Do not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. And it's interesting to me that, that this guy could say he kept all these commandments, but there's one that Jesus did not mention. Do not covet. And so when Jesus then told this guy, what he lacked, there's two things he lacked. Number one, go sell everything you've got. Well, that deals with the covetous issue. He wasn't just going to talk to him about this, and he wasn't going to just, like with the Pharisees when he said, don't murder, but you've heard if you have uh, anger in your heart, you've murdered in your heart. Don't, don't commit adultery, but if you lust for, look upon a woman to lust for, you commit adultery in your heart. No. He decided to see if there was going to be real repentance here. And so he tells them straight out, go sell everything you have. Jesus was hitting the nail on the head. He was attacking the idol, the sin of covetousness. But secondly, what's the other thing he told him to do? Take care of it. Go sell everything you have. That's the covetousness. And then come follow me. Oh, wait a minute. Now he's dealing with the second issue. The, the, the point that this guy was self-righteous and thought his own good works could save him. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. The only one who can save you is me. And by implication, he's saying, I am good. I'm the only one who's kept all this. You haven't. You think you're self-righteous. You think you've kept it all, but you haven't. I'm the only one who's kept it all. And if you want eternal life, come Address, address your sin issue, repent, and come follow me, an act of faith in Jesus Christ. Notice this guy never called Jesus Lord, Messiah, Christ, God. He called him only a teacher. More than once he said, good teacher, teacher, teacher. He only knew Jesus as a human being. He only knew Jesus as, he assumed Jesus was he assumed he was righteous. He assumed Jesus was righteous. He was a man who believed you could be saved by your works, by your efforts, and he was a self-righteous man. And when he said this to and Jesus' response, no one's good but God alone, he wasn't saying he wasn't good. He was telling this, this rich young ruler that he was the one who wasn't good. Jesus never said he wasn't good and never said he wasn't God. He was, this is a rhetorical question. He was turning it back on this man who thought he kept all the law, who thought he was good, he thought Jesus was good, he thought he himself was good, he thought all these people were good. Jesus points out there's no one good except God. And then he turns right around and says, so come follow me. This is not a passage. Many, many cult groups use this to against the deity of Christ. I must say in my own life, when I was first read this years ago, I remember, well, wait a minute, Jesus, are you saying you're not God? And are you saying that we're saved by keeping the law and doing good works? 
I don't think he's saying either of these things in this passage. He's saying he's exposing this rich young ruler the sin he committed, and he's exposing this rich young ruler. He wasn't good, but at the same time, he was calling him to follow Jesus, who is good. It's a powerful passage, and it reminds us. By the way, I, I want to add, was Jesus good? This, it, it behoo- the, the, the question, the statement, there's none good but God alone, causes us to have to think about this. And I've not put down the verses here today. I've, I've, in my preparation, I must confess I forgot about it. But you know, P- Peter says of Jesus, he was holy, innocent, undefiled. Uh, Hebrews says of Jesus, he was tempted in all things as we are, and yet without sin. He was good. Even his enemies, the enemies of Jesus, could find no fault with him. He stood up and asked him, which of you can, uh, accuses me of sin? And the only sin they could ever accuse him blasphemy because you make yourself out to be God and we realize you're, and we don't think you are. The only sin he was accused of really was, was falsely accused because he was exactly who he said he was. Jesus was the sinless one. He was good. This is why he could offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins. If Jesus wasn't sinless, he could have never died for your sins. He could not have died for my sins. If Jesus was not himself good, he could not have died for sinners. We read in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God made him who knew no sin, Jesus, who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God. My friend today, if you you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior and Lord, if you've not trusted him and turned to him and asked him to forgive you of your sins and to give you new life and make you a new creature, do it today. You can. You don't have to wait for another time. You can do it right here, right now online. You don't have to wait for a search service. You don't have to wait for a feeling. This is an act of your will. This is not an act of a feeling. You don't determine what's true based on, I feel like it, or I've got some feeling inside that makes me think I'd believe this. No. Do you know you're a sinner? Are like like this rich young ruler. He didn't realize it. He thought he was righteous in the eyes of God. He thought he was a good man. He thought he could attain eternal life by the things he did. He asked, "What must I do to inherit eternal life?" The truth is, the Christian teaching is, you can't do anything. You must trust what Jesus did for you. You and I are helpless in securing our salvation. Jesus is the one who secured it for us. Turn to him today. Ask his forgiveness. Acknowledge, don't be self-righteous like this man. Acknowledge your need of forgiveness. Acknowledge you need what you can't do, but you can receive, graciously receive what Jesus Christ did for you. Amen? Father in heaven, we pray today and we thank you for your son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are good. You are holy, spotless, innocent, undefiled. You are the one who knew no sin. You are the one who was righteous and you are the holy one of God. There's none like you. There's none like you. You are are the one who could offer yourselves yourself as the sacrifice for our sins. We bless you 
and we receive that sacrifice. We receive that mercy. We receive your forgiveness. We receive your love. We open up, Lord, up, open up to you. Father, I pray today for everyone listening, everyone listening, that we would have a heart of faith that is open to receive the kindness, mercy, forgiveness, and love of God. Jesus, we praise you and worship you. We believe you died for us and rose again, and for this we're thankful. Might this message, might this good news resonate in our lives and throughout our families, our neighborhoods, our churches, our nation, and our world in these days. Lord, I pray for my friends who come on here from Southeast Asia, and I know that they live in a non-Christian country where, where evangelism is a difficult thing, but here in the month of December, they do so much evangelism. There's so much freedom to talk about Christmas and the meaning of Christmas. And I pray for those who come on here from, from uh, Southeast Asia, Lord, my friends, give them great fruit. Thank you for the good news I've been hearing, the successful gospel outreaches they've been having even in this past uh, week or so. Lord, I want to pray also today for Ray, who's a regular here, and I know he's got some health issues, and I just pray you bring healing, strength, uh, comfort, and encouragement to him today. We pray and bless you in all these things. We give you this Christmas season, Father. It can be a time of stress, pressure. It can be a time of sadness, certain people we've lost or situations that aren't the way we wish. I pray, Lord, that this Christmas season, Jesus, you would, we'd know you as the Prince of Peace and the joy you bring to the world. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for joining along with me today. We're here every morning, 8.30 a.m. live. We talk about the Word, get into the Word of God, talk about it, allow it to change our lives, and I pray you will join us. I pray you'll be with us every single day. Uh, we're serious about our Christian life. I hope and pray you will be as well. We, we're not just when we feel like a Christians or when the day looks good or I feel like it. We understand the importance of getting the Word of God every single day. I hope you do too. So if you're new, welcome. I hope you will subscribe to the channel, like the video, share with your friends, leave a comment. To those of you who are here every day, you know I love you and it's such a privilege to path to sow the seed of God's Word on good soil. I love you. God bless you. You have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.